Hunt HQ. Today I have got an absolute Disney princess with me. Her name is Sophie Lee. She is a survivor of so much trauma and such a massive injury, but she's come out on absolute top and I'm delighted to have her on the show. Sophie Lee! Thank you! I'm Welcome. excited so much. To, like I'm just so ecstatic to be here. I feel like your energy, I thrive off. Like I'm just, yeah. We bounce off each other so much straight away and it's so rare to find people like that and especially women who build each other up. So thank you for having me. We couldn't wait to get you in. You have been top of our hit list. Oh, and here I am. And here we got you, girl. Hitting the sofas. Okay. Absolutely got you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. How old you are. What's your name and where'd you come from? Oh, babe. Well, I'm, uh, my name's Sophie Lee. I'm 26 year old and I am... I'm a, a mix of things. I feel like um, ultimately I want to be a good role model. Yeah, that's what I would I, I aspire to be. Um, initially, I was a fire performer in Manchester. How did you get into that? So I've been a performer and dancer my whole life. From a child? Yeah, from literally like three years old. Yep. My mum put me in dance school. I used to just walk around little tutus, yeah. singing, dancing, you know, like I loved all that theatrical life mm -hmm. and I've always been in the entertainment industry. So um, I knew from a really young age that is the like path that I wanted to go down. And then obviously as I grew older and I went into training, you train in so many different skills mm. and I kind of went into circus training. Wow. Yeah, so that, my mum was like, I know, my mum was like, do you not want to do something like else? Like, I don't want to be a teacher or like some, something that's not going to, you know, be dangerous. Yeah. And I was like, no, mum, I kind of just want to go on stilts and do fire. <laughs> How random. I mean, that is so, yeah. like, you don't hear that every day, doll, do I, you? I think I've always been a bit of an odd bod. I'm not going to lie, I've always been a bit of the girl that's like the crazy one. It's a little bit of a like, where's so Oh, she's somewhere on stilts. <laughs> So I decided to move to Manchester yeah. after training and I became like the main fire girl within Manchester and I started performing all around the UK and then I performed internationally. So wow. yeah, I did. Um, so when my accident actually happened in 2018, um, it was actually crazy because it was a charity event and it was so, I was so happy that I got, you know, asked to perform in America. That was such a big thing for me. And um, this happened on April Fool's Day. Mad. April Fool's Day 2018. And also it was the first time that Easter Sunday landed on April Fool's Day. So I feel like this whole thing was like a big awakening for me. Yeah. Um, I've never been very, you know, like big on spirituality or anything that's like that. I've always just lived my life how it, how, like how it has been. But ever since this happened to me, I feel like this was meant to happen for me. Wow. And it really was something that was a lesson and a blessing for me, you know, to become a better woman and to become elevated, to become the woman that I'm supposed to be. Talk me through what happened that day. So I was getting ready to perform my usual routine, my usual fire routine. And um, I did all the safety checks. In fact, I checked so many times to make sure that this was going to be correct. Everything's going to go to plan and nothing was going to, you know, bad was going to happen and I remember making sure turn all the aircon off no wind nothing make sure everything's off and there wasn't going to be anything that could possibly go wrong so it's a lot of planning that goes in behind yeah a lot of checks behind um before you actually perform you know a lot of safety checks a lot of equipment checks um 
even down to wardrobe, you know, what you wear, make sure that you're strapped in and you're not got any loose, loose little bits hanging off so you can, you know, perform to your highest ability. And I was performing, I was getting to the finale part of my performance and I blew the fire out. And it was a freak accident. I don't know why, but I just peaked. Like usually I, I would just, cause um, I usually like close my eyes when I blow the fire. So then it doesn't, you know, anything comes back. And I just peaked and all of a sudden this big ball of fire is coming straight at my face. Like directly like this, full front on. And I just remember, I just went into survival mode. Something clicked in my brain and I was like, oh my God, if, if I don't do anything, I'm gonna. This is gonna be the end of me. You know, this is gonna. This is gonna be it. So I quickly had to. I was on fire for I'd say a good thirty seconds, <gasps> which in that time when everything just kind of stops around you, is a long, long time. You know, and I could see, I could feel the fire raising from my chest going up to my eyes, and I thought if it goes in my eyes it's game over, you know, I, I can't, I cannot do that. So I was patting myself out, I was, I was doing everything, I was making sure I was staying calm, because this was still on stage. So all I could hear was, <gasps> like people just, you know, gasping, because yeah. they don't know what to do. You know, what can you do for someone that's set on fire? Um, and then I finally put the flames out. Did you do that yourself? Yeah, <gasps> and I ran off, and the first thing they did was put ice on me which is the last thing you should do because I got an ice burn. Shut up. So I got a fire burn, and then on that raw fire burn, like the raw skin, I had an ice burn from the freezing cold ice. <gasps> so my skin reacted like crazy. Like I felt the heat and then all of a sudden I felt freezing cold again. So was you in shock? Yeah, I, my body went into like shock. And um, so obviously the ambulance was called, but in America, because it was a fire, Ambulance was called, the um, fire brigade was called, the police were called, and even the army came because <gasps> where there's a fire, like a big fire like that, everything is called, all the services. And I was sent to the hospital in Chicago. And do you know why I think this is meant to happen? Because that hospital is the main hospital for fire burns and people who um, train in the military to become fire, like, fire and supporters and people who have injuries. So I was like, imagine if it happened anywhere else in America, I would have had to be airlifted or I may not have made it or, you know, it's mad that it happened in that city. Yeah. And that was the main fire, like burns unit for America. Wow. Yeah. Was you on your own as well? Yeah, it was madness. So you guessed how long was you in the hospital for? So uh, I was meant to fly home the next day because I was meant to have the performance and then fly home and I was meant to be back. It ended up being a month. Wow. I was in intensive care for like a week. And wow. then in a month, I, I, I remember waking up in intensive care and oh my God, the, I, just, uh, I was, first of all, I wasn't even with it. Yeah, I didn't know what day it was, didn't know what was happening. All I could smell was burn. Wow. I could feel bits of burn. Do you know when it's like, when you've got a scab? Yeah. It's like that, but I touched this and they tell me not to touch it and then bits would fall off and it was my skin. And I remember they'd, um, they went, so we're going to have to give you a shower now because you, you need to wash all this off so then you can start healing and new bits of skin can form and, you know, you can feel a lot fresher and better. I, oh, my God. So they wheeled me in this wheelchair. And at this point, my face was throbbing, massive, because when you go through a shock of burn, the first thing your body does is 
swell to ease the burn, you know, to ease the, mm. ease the like, heat of the burn. And um, they put me in this room and it was like a slab, like a metal slab table. It's like a morgue. I felt like I was going into a morgue. And I was sat there and they go, we're going to have to scrub it. We need to scrub all this skin off, scrub everything off. Oh my God, when they put that, it was warm water. Okay, it wasn't even, it wasn't even hot and it felt like acid on oh my face. My and they were scrubbing it with this like scouring pad to get it all flat, you know, so there was no rigid, like, rigid skin. Oh, it, I will never forget that pain because I had to do it every single day. Yeah, every single day I had to do that. And I, oh my God, I was, I was just, I was kneeling. I was kneeling. I remember it's probably the most vulnerable time I've ever been in my life. And all I could remember was closing my eyes and being like, please God, just make this stop. Like I am in so much pain oh. right now and I'm suffering so much. And I, I feel like the lesson you're trying to teach me, I, I want to learn. So please just like ease me from this suffering so I can like learn what I'm supposed to learn. Right now I'm just in pain and I, I'm, I'm, I'm so needy like of you, you know? And um, I was just crying. I was just had tears and I was getting wheeled back into my room and I looked into it, I looked, I caught a glimpse, glimpse at a mirror. I just cried and told them to take all the mirrors down. Just couldn't even look at myself. I had to say, just please take all these mirrors down because the person that I'm seeing right now, the woman that's reflecting from that mirror, that's not the girl that I know. I don't know who that person is. And I think that's when I started kind of losing my head a little bit. You know, I went into really deep depression. Um, and they say, you know, you have to lose yourself to find yourself. And that is really true. Really, really true. I, I really lost the essence of who I was because the things that I thought mattered, like, you know, making money, being successful, being relevant, just being relevant. Like what, what even is that? What even is relevance? You know, I thought, oh, I need to be successful. I need to make sure that I'm on top form, I'm on my game. And now I'm in my biggest hole of despair. And it's the most, if anything, like powerful I've ever felt, but also weak at the same time. It's weird feeling to describe. It's like yeah. you're in your weakest moment when you're literally on your knees and you're crying and you are nothing. None, none of these handbags matter. None of this money matters. Whatever you've got in your bank doesn't matter. All that matters is getting yourself through. And that's, I feel like that time in my life is a time that I'll be forever thankful for. It's like you hit rock bottom, isn't it? it, it absolutely, to the, shook to the core. So where you literally on, yeah. you know, your career, yeah. everything that you'd worked for, you're looking in the mirror and you don't recognise yourself. The pain that yeah. you've just described, I, I, and it, I've it, just got no words. It, it's one of those feelings where it's like, as a woman... Well, you're only a baby as well as I was, yeah? 22. You're a baby, so... Yeah. And at that point, you're a young girl and you think, oh, I can't wait to live life and experience so many things and see so many things. And, you know, I want to look cute in this and wear this and do that. And yeah. I'm there thinking, am I even going to make it for, through today? You know, I'm, I'm, where am I right now? I was so lost. I was so lost. I was panicking. I was just like, I remember I, was, I just kept crying, going, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I'm so, I'm struggling to even just breathe. And that is one thing that you wake up and you take for granted, that you wake up to see a new day and you don't have any, any issues of eating, seeing, breathing. And there's people like when I was in the position of being in hospital just begging for one more day. 
Yeah. You know, did your mum fly over? Do you know what the mad thing is? Everyone, as soon as I told them, because obviously they said, are you coming home now? Why have you not come home? Why has it been a few days and you not spoke to us? You're meant to fly home now. I just said, no one. I, I told them what happened. Everyone wanted to come and I just said, I can't have anyone around me right now. Yeah. I need to be just in here, like in, like on my own. I felt like if I was crying and my mum's crying and everyone's crying, it makes it worse. Yeah, it does. Sometimes you you need to give yourself that tough love. Someone shows you sympathy. You just you fall apart, don't you? That's it. It's like sometimes, you know, when, when someone comes and gives you a hug and you're like, don't hug me. Yeah. Because then you just go... Absolutely. Like, in tears. That's exactly what I was like. I just had to rehabilitate myself. I kind of feel like I had to, like, section myself. Oh my Do you know what I mean? Like, because if I was in society, I would have just lost it. Every single day, I would have just felt sorry for myself. I would have been walking around thinking, why am I not like this? Why am I not like you? Why has this happened to me? But instead, I was forced to be with my own thoughts. At 22. Mm. Wow. Mm. So how long, what was they like with you in the hospital? You know what, they were amazing. They were so lovely. They were literally, like, they, they, they became like my family because they knew I didn't have family there. And, um, you know, at one point when I was really losing my head, they, um, they actually sent me a pastor. They sent me a priest to just sit with me. Oh. To and I remember he will, he said to me, you know, like, I'm not here to push the word of God on you. I'm here to remind you of your light, and I'm here to remind you of how bright you can shine, and it's your choice how bright you want to shine. So wow. right now, if you just want to dim your light and just take it easy, you do that. And but when it's your time to shine, you will enjoy your like day in the sun. Wow. Oh my God, kiss me, shivers. Like, it's just such um, a hard um, realisation of life because you're so, you're always so um, wrapped up in a world where you've got to look perfect. You've Absolutely. got to be a, a woman that somewhat, like, is, what is society expecting us to be exactly? And why are we trying to force ourselves to be that person? What was it like when you were coming home? I was so scared. In fact, I remember the first thing was my mum came to get me, actually. She flew over and came to get me. And we went to Sephora in America, which is like a makeup shop, because she went, I just went, I just want to be pretty, mum. I just want to feel pretty. Oh, and, and I just want new makeup brushes, and I just want, like, new, like, I just want to feel pretty. I just want to feel nice. And she went, don't worry, so if we're going to go to Sephora, we're going to buy you nice things. We're going to get you something nice. She bought me this big haul of makeup. I remember I was at the makeup stand and I was in massive bandages. And this little group of girls just went, what happened to your face? And that was the first realization of, I'm in the real world now. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I'm not in a safety blanket of the hospital. Yeah. People are gonna start staring. People are gonna start asking, what's happened as the jaw fell off? As in, because I was literally in this huge kind of like, Oh, like I had a massive beard, you know, like a huge beard on my face. And it was like wrapped around my head. And obviously people are going to stare. People are just going to look because they don't know. And for us as human beings, you know, the first thing we can do when we're curious is just to look. And for me, it was such an intimidating thing. It was so like, why are people staring at me? And my mum was just like, don't worry, Soph. You know what you've gone through and you don't need to prove yourself to anyone. You just need to stay true to yourself 
and you know and learn from this and that's all I need you know to be surrounded by that love yeah. is what's got me through this and like I was saying before you know I feel like I've healed with love I've healed with um, gratitude and when you heal with gratitude and love your soul really radiates that's why I always say beauty is only skin deep because yes yeah, some days I want to wear makeup I want to feel sexy I want to feel nice I want to why can't I but also I never forget that when I take that off at the end of the day that's truly who I am yeah you're still you yeah so when you got home what was the healing process like for you oh that was even worse so I felt like I got through the thick of it I felt like okay I've done a month now I've suffered in fact four days after I came home I went to LA and I went to Vegas my friends we had this we had this girls trip planned and I was literally like, Mum, I can't not go. Even if I'm in bandages, I am going to go to this pool party. on you. Yeah. I was on Rodeo, bandages on, little handbag. I'm here, guys, I'm ready. Good on you. Yeah, so I you've just... had that determination from the offset, haven't you? Yeah. When did you start getting that fighting power to think, do you know what, fuck it, I'm not letting this, you know, overtake me? Literally when I was in my, my hostel bed and I thought, am I going to be like this forever? Am I going to be, am I going to feel sorry for myself forever? And I just thought, no, that's not who I am. Like, I'm not going to feel sorry for myself because this is not going to, this is not going to overpower me. This is going to empower me. And that's what I want to be. I want to be empowered. I don't want to be overpowered by something that's, you know, here to teach me to be better. I'm never going to be better if I don't want to give that to myself. So everything that I've ever wanted to do, I thought, I'm going to fucking do it. Good on you. Yeah. So I went to LA. Went to these parties. I was in One Oak. I was here just sipping my drink. I was like, can I have a straw? Because I can't drink this drink like this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't drink this drink like this. I feel like my jaw's going to fall off, please. And they were like, yeah, here you go. And then I was in Vegas. We were, at the, we were at the parties. We were doing whatever. And I was just living my best life. And I came home. And then um, my mum was like, are you okay? Like, I was like, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing what I want to do. You know, if anything, I'm seeing the world in such a bigger picture. Which is still in bandages and stuff yeah. then. And then I slowly started to come out of bandages because my skin healed. And that's when a tumour formed. Were you scared of what, of what, was you scared of the unknown how your skin was going to heal? Yeah, because I thought it was going to be flat. I, initially it was flat. It was just healed flat. It was just a bit red. And it just looked like I'd just had a bit of a graze, you know, or like, like a quick burn, like blisters. And then it started to raise. It started to grow. It grew into tumours. So I, grew, I grew keloid tumours on my face. And there is no cure in the world for keloid tumours. Why did that happen? So was there any reason? I think it was a build-up of the collagen and how deep the burn was that my face and my body went into kind of like shock to heal itself faster. Um, so within that process, obviously, my, my burn developed into a different, a whole different kettle of fish, really. It was a whole different... Um, it was no longer a burn, it was a tumour, and um, I became a case study in the world. You had this pioneering treatment, didn't you? Yeah. That was like brand new, tell me about that. Yeah, so no one had really had it, and um, I was, I went to Withenshaw Hospital first, because that's the burns unit in Manchester, mm. and even then they had no diagnosis for me. In fact, I got the wrong diagnosis for a year, um, and what they thought was like a hypertrophic burn was actually a keloid tumour, um, so then I got passed on to a specialist, a skin specialist, um, at St. Helens Hospital. And um, that's when the surgeon that I 
worked with Charlotte, Charlotte um, Defty. She's amazing. She's a very strong woman. And she, if anything, I'm so grateful that a woman did my surgery. Absolutely. Yeah, and she led me through it. You know, oh. she she really has helped me to feel empowered with my situation. Every There's so time. many things that have happened, like you know, as you said, happening in Chicago at yeah. the, the band unit, then finding a woman who's like a specialist as yeah. well in that. Yeah. There's so many She's one of the only women, only, if anything, only surgeons who can perform, in, like perform cryosurgery in England. Wow. So, um, Was you scared going through it because it was so new? And yeah, because I was the guinea pig. Yeah, and that's and, exactly what you was. Yeah, and you know, they did say the chances are, you know, it might not work. There's always a chance of death when they go through surgery like that. And, you know, there's no guarantee that this surgery will work for you. But do you want the tumour to carry on growing? Because at one point I couldn't even move my neck. I couldn't you speak. Say? No, I couldn't even. I had to move my whole face like this or my whole body to speak. Um, so I just thought, what are my options? My life is going to be just put in, like, this box of... I'm going to be reliant on other people. I'm not going to do anything for myself. And, you know, that's not who I am. I'm a fighter. I'm, a, I'm someone who will always give it a chance. Mm. I will never say no to something. You know, I'll, I'll give it a chance. And so she reached out to all the surgeons around the world. She spoke to a lot of surgeons in Asia, in China, because obviously my ethnicity, um, they had to understand my skin type. Um, even the collagen in my skin, it runs different to different pigmented skin. Okay. So... Um, you wouldn't yeah. even think of that, would you? That's, That's what I mean. So much. With medical science, I learned so much. I know you're so knowledgeable as well. Yeah. Like when we were doing our research, I was like, I, I what is what does that word what even this? say? What's this? Yeah. I know. I and at one point, I was like, I a little bit. I was like, oh, I'll just have to ask Sophie because I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> I was the same. I've learned so much along the way, and I think even for me. I, I want to become like a big sister role on social media. I want to be someone that, you know, can help, um, you know, like people who don't have that voice and they can look up to me as someone who's a big sister and as someone who's, you know, a role model to them. So I made it my mission to learn as much as possible so I could give that right information and for people who are in the dark that don't have that information. So they flew over the actual inventor of like, um, cryosurgery to form the wow. surgery on the day and it took five hours I was, in, I was in the surgery for five operating for five hours was you? Mm. I, in fact I remember going under my surgeon was going she was going um, so what do you want to talk about because I feel like I don't want you to count down from ten I'll tell you about the time actually that I went to Ibiza and I hitchhiked from, from France and I was like no way I love going to Ibiza I love going I love like oh my god I love all these like this that you're so crazy like me. Yeah. And then she goes, so tell me, when are you going to next go to be fair? I was like, I'm going to go in God. Yeah. <laughs> and then That's when the I guess, yeah. Right? And then when I came around, she was like, how amazing did we have? We had such a good time, didn't we? And I went, the best time ever. Uh. <laughs> and because she's that like fun loving woman, she didn't make it scary. Yeah. I trusted her so much more. And throughout this whole process, she's been so supportive and so amazing and you know as time went on I had my first round of surgery and then I had to have another round of surgery so I've had two rounds of cryosurgery and as did you well, notice an improvement after the first one yeah it really went down so much because it was huge and then it cut down it literally is like having a wart frozen off wow. so when they've put 
liquid nitrogen into yeah, the water see. and they freeze it off. Yeah. That's exactly what they did to the tumour. Go away. Yeah, so that's how it, mm, the cells in the tumour died and it started to like detach from my face. Wow. Yeah, so... So what, did you actually see this happening? Yeah, it was like necrosis like of my face and it was going black. And obviously from the outside looking in, I was just having a bandage, makeup was on, I was doing my thing, I was going out, I was going to wherever, wow. but underneath the bandage, my face was literally falling off. How did you deal with, you said people were staring and it is, yeah, it it is, is natural that, that thing is. where people just go, what, what, how yeah. did you take, at first was you, how did you take that to at first, you're thinking, you know. At first some days, like you said, you're going to feel shit. Yeah. You, everyone has their shit days and you are entitled to have those shit days. I always say your shit days make you stronger. Mm -hmm. Your good days make you appreciate the shit days. Yeah, absolutely. Your good days make you appreciate how good that life can be, but your shit days teach you the lessons. And you know, on my on my really bad days, I didn't want to see people. At one point, you know, I I'd, I was on these um, tablets for pain, and I'd be asleep for like two days solid. I'd wow. be gone out like a light. Was you still in pain too? So much pain. Even when I um, had to have a shower, it was like exactly the first time around. Oh. Yeah. You could have been a victim, so and gone like, yeah. oh, you know, um, this happened to me, so, you know, I'm just not going to yeah. do anything. And, and do you know what I always say? You're not a victim, you're a victor. Yeah. You are a victor of your life. You have overcome the worst thing that could have happened to you. As well, like, you don't let it empower, overpower you, empower yourself. And, like, that's all I want. I want young girls and young men to stop trying to fix this and fix inside. When you fix inside, none of this bullshit matters. Before your accident, was your motivational like this? I was very hardworking. Yeah. In fact, when I, was, when I was young, I had like three jobs. Wow. I literally used to leaflet. I used to work in um, like PR, so I used to give samples in Tesco's. Do you know, like little suit samples. Yeah. That'd be me, I'd be stood there. I'd be sneakily, you know. It's right, so. And I'd be there going, do you want a sample? Do you want a sample? And then um, I'd be working in Select. You remember the fashion store? So I worked in retail. And then I'd be going to dance training. I literally had so many jobs because I was always so motivated to be like, I don't want anyone to take that freedom away from me. Yeah. I've always wanted to be, you know, my own person. And I've always wanted to be able to fund my own life. And uh, my mum and dad, you know, they came to England with nothing. And they've always taught me the value of money, that, you know, all this materialistic stuff means nothing. It's about how hard you work that's going to get you to where you want to be. Absolutely. So, um, how did you cope financially after it? Well, you couldn't work. And horrendous. Horrendous. I've, I've, you know, I'm, if anything, I'm only starting to now recover financially because I went through, through earning zero. Zero. To the point where, you know, I've had to ask for help. And to go from a woman where I've got everything that I want and the world at my feet, whatever I wanted, I go buy it. Yeah. Well, I buy it twice. And then to go from that to being like, I don't even know if I can afford my rent. I'm going to be chucked out. I can't. I don't know what I'm going to do. I've got no money. We're absolutely zero, minus. I think I'm in debt. You know, and like, that was a horrible, horrible feeling. Awful feeling to feel like that. But that feeling also gave me a very big kick up the bum. Yeah. To say, this isn't going to be your life then. So what are you going to do? Mope about? You know, you can't let this. You can't let this. Oh, you can't let this be you. So that's when I shared my story. Where was the first place you shared it? I shared it on Instagram, wow. and it was so crazy because the picture I shared was this in the hospital bed, and I was just led there like this. 
wrapped up in bandage and going, so something happened, guys. And it, like, it surprisingly just got so many views because I think it was just real and raw. It wasn't edited. It wasn't anything that was, like, glam. It was just me at the worst point of my life, but still thinking, fuck this. Cool. I'm going to be a rock star and I'm going to kill it. Like, I'm going to get through this. And ever since that moment, you know, it has been hard to share bits of my story and how my face has changed. But it, 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 like the back of my head, the strength that's got me through it is that I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for the girl, the young girl that's at home that doesn't have a, a big sister. I'm doing it for the boy at home who's crying because he doesn't feel like himself. I'm doing it for the woman at home who is struggling with her own self-confidence. And those are the people and um, those are, if anything, my inspirations to be better. They're your drive, aren't they? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what you do now. So where, what is your career? Where is it? I, it's dead exciting. I feel like I don't even know. I feel like I'm just wanting to be kind of... Like, You're just I trying to put a programme on Netflix. Tell us about that. This guy, does everyone want you? <laughs> I'm just... I, so I speak in colleges now. I speak at like different colleges. I spoke at Burnley College, I speak at Manchester College. Um, I speak in different um, seminars, things like that. And um, I just love meeting people and having that connection and just being able to say to them like, I'm real, like, I'm, I'm not just this on Instagram, this is my life. And I love connecting with, like, yourself today because you, I feel like you find so much more inspiration within yourself. Do you know, when you walk away from a good conversation mm -hmm. and you just think, wow, that was invigorating. Yeah. Like, wow, I feel empowered. I, I feel, feel like this off you today. I feel like a buzz, you know, yeah. you feel that buzz and that thrill. And that's what I feel when I can help people. So when people message me on Instagram, I always try my best to message back, give the best advice, and that's why I still continue that to share. That becomes a full-time job, though, doesn't it? So yeah. for itself. Yeah, of course. And, you know, um, it, it does get tiring sometimes because, like I said to you, when we're the strong women and we're the role models, who do we turn to for our role models? Mm. Who do we turn to for our strength? Because everyone comes to us. And on those days, I just kind of retract myself from the world and focus on my energy and rebuild myself back up so then when I'm ready, I'm going in there, hands on, ready to fight again. How did you feel going on your first modelling job from, from your accident? Oh my God, I was absolutely, oh my God, I was so nervous. I was so nervous, but at the same time I thought, you know what, I'm here for a fucking reason. I'm absolutely. in this room for a reason. I'm with these gorgeous, gorgeous girls. And if anything, like, we're all here to empower each other. And the fact that the industry accepted me how I looked, who I was, and what I stood for, I think was a very big, like, kind of turn within our, our industry of modelling, our industry of the entertainment world, where it's always been about what you look like, what size you are, um, you know, are you perfect? And you are pretty world. fucking perfect. Oh, like, I'm not going to lie. Thank you so much. No, honestly, I, I'm... I'm just grateful to be it. Do you know what it is? You're so gorgeous and you've got so much about you. You, wouldn't, you don't even notice. <gasps> Thank you. Little, you've healed amazingly. So don't Thank get me wrong, you so you've much. fucking battled up and you've been yeah. through what you have, your body, as you said, yeah. about healing. Tell me a little bit about what, the philosophy about healing within all of that. I feel like when you feel shitty, that's when you have to heal from within. No amount of makeup, no amount of surgery, no amount of filters, no amount of 
anything that's materialistic will heal that for you. It's only when you work on yourself with love and you give that love back to yourself, you will heal with beauty and your soul will radiate. And I feel like that's what I had to really do and it's hard because you have to hurt to heal. And if you don't hurt and you don't face those demons, you'll always be trapped. You'll never feel like you are happy within your skin and you'll always be chasing that, that idea of beauty, that idea of happiness that's not real. What Has is your really? outlook changed on your whole life? Because I was sitting, I used to sit in my room crying. I used to sit in my room mourning the old me. I used to mourn myself. And that's so horrible to mourn someone that's still here and it's you, but you feel dead. You know what I mean? You feel and like... I felt so. Yeah, I felt like I was just existing. I felt like I had no purpose. I felt like everything that I lived for and worked for was gone taken from me and I just thought what am I going to do now I'm a shell of a woman I don't even look like me I don't even know who this person is my ID doesn't even look like me I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know who this is and I remember I was crying I just used to cry my eyes out and at one point I, just, I, was, I literally thought if I don't make it it's fine whatever if I take these pain tablets and I don't I fall asleep for two days or three days if I don't even wake up it's fine whatever and you, I had to go through that phase because that was my hurting phase to heal. Absolutely. But some people, when they're like that, they can never get back up. Yeah. So how, how would explain to me, how did you get yourself from feeling like that, that you weren't bothered to waking up, to being this t ultra motivational person? Yeah, I'm going to be so honest with you now. I still have those days. I still have my episodes of depression, anxiety, PTSD, and those days where I feel you know, like I'm in despair. Because I feel like I want to be so great, but I don't, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I still question myself. I'm like, am I doing the right thing? Am I being, good, am I being a good role model? Am I being that woman that I, that, the role model that I needed growing up? Do you feel a lot of pressures on you to be a yeah. good role model? Yeah. Man, I, I think in certain aspects, I put that pressure on myself as well. Yeah. Because I want to be the best woman that I can be for not just me, but everyone around me. And for you know the people who do look up to me i feel like i've got a duty of care to them and if anything it's a lot of pressure i'm yeah. not gonna lie like you know you still this wasn't like a decade ago this is relatively new yeah you know mm -hmm. 2018 19 20 21 just oh, four yeah. years just past the anniversary mm -hmm. and you've done so much in those four years thank you fuck at me because i never away. want like even like you saying you've got kids I want them to look up to me and like be able to say, she's so sick. You know, she's a young girl that I have respect for. She's a young girl that I don't just see as a piece of meat or I don't just see as someone who just is, doesn't, has no care for the world. You know, like my biggest like kind of pat on the back is when I do get messages from mums and parents and dads and, you know, to say, I'm so glad that my, my child follows you. Oh, that was yeah. so lovely. Mm. Tell me about your new show. So I filmed a show with Misguided. Like we filmed, they did like an inside of Misguided show and now it's on Netflix. It's oh, been released wow. on Netflix. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? I did because it was like a women empowerment campaign and it was a day of so much love and self-love and so many women in one room who had gone through so much. Mm. But when we came together, we felt so elite and so unstoppable. 
Wow, that is amazing. Mm. And to have such a global brand like that accept us and really cheer us on. Even to be sat here right now and have women such as yourself, you speak to so many women, so many different people, so many walks of life, to just accept my story is just... It's, it's what I live for, to, to be heard and seen and to be accepted for everything. I know this sounds mad, but are you grateful for what happened? I, I can't even... Do you know the feeling I have in my heart? It's like a feeling of like when you feel fluttered, like it feels very like bright. At one point it felt so tight, like I felt like I was shackled because I wasn't grateful. I was so stuck in my own ways of being kind of expecting something. And I don't even know what I was expecting. I think I was just expecting normal life again, but that wasn't my reality. So when I accepted my reality, I became grateful and I became released of have freedom. Because imagine if if this if we go back to April the first, twenty eighteen, if it mm. hadn't happened, where do you think you would have been? I think I would have still been in this ditzy little world of chasing. I want to be in music videos. I want to be doing this, and I want to be this, and I want to be a showgirl. And that's all great because I've never been a girl that's you know torn women down. But I think my focus on life would have been so much more shallow-minded and narrow. Do you feel free? Yeah, I feel free. Because I feel like. If I can overcome near death, nothing matters. If I can overcome, you know, not wanting a, not wanting the best handbag and just wanting to live another you day. You all the bullshit out of your life, didn't you? Yeah. Especially in that industry that you worked in, to go from, you know, being... Be glam. Yeah, and uh, how you look and what you've got to get. And yeah. We all feel pressure on ourselves all the time that you've got to have the latest handbag. Mm. And then another one comes out, so you've got to go and buy yeah. that. And... It's all bollocks. Yeah. It's all a big not load real. of shit. Mm, it's not real. It doesn't make you do your art. It doesn't make you any better than the next oh, yeah. person standing next to you. And also, it's a fucking waste of money yeah. because you don't get a return on investment on this fucking no. bag. It's just sitting there yeah. where you could be investing the money and, you know, earning back on it and having mm. a future with it. So I feel like you broke the shackles and broke free oh, from the bullshit you. world that you could have so easily been in, so... Mm. Um, and I've never met anyone who's gone through something like you, and it was I feel like it was meant to be. Yeah. I, I, honestly... I know that sounds... It, it sounds it's, crazy it's, coming out of my mouth, yeah. but it's like... You know, like, I meet people who, you know, I've done podcasts and interviews with, and they say, this was given to you for it's a reason. Really, and I've never thought that about anything in my life before. Because yeah. you just think... Oh, it's such a shame. Yeah. But everyone's like, no, this was for you. It's uh, not a shame. It's 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 good. Like it, it, it was meant for you. It was like it was handed to me. You feel you know? a bit mean actually saying that. You're like, say, but it, no, I, the way it, I understand. Uh, it's bizarre. I, yeah, it's so because und I understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I don't take that as something that's mean or something that's like, oh well, like, you deserve that. You know? Because I've had the comments of what well, you play with fire, you get burnt. I've had all that, you know, I've had all the what did, you, what did you say back to that? I don't ever rise to that because I feel like the people who hurt the most need love the most. What a vile thing. Trust me, I've had over Halloween, are you wearing prosthetics? You're like Freddy Krueger. <gasps> what happened to your burn? Yeah, like I've had it all. I've had it all. I still have it now. I've had it all. Is this on social media? Yeah. Of it. All of it. Shit houses. Mm. And so's the are. That's, and that, and do you know what? 
I don't feel any way towards them because the happiness that I feel from within inside, I don't need anyone to give me any validation that I'm good enough because I already know I am. So comes like you dog, yeah. Yeah, so when people say that to me, I always say, I wish you the best and I hope you heal. And that is the best, the <laughs> yeah. best way. Because the way they turn is like, you. oh, all right. What can you come back with with that? <laughs> there's no there's no fear to go with it because you're just I mean. like I'm not gonna rise to it because I don't care what you're doing. Like I'm I know I've got to myself to where I am and that's all that matters. You haven't got me there. And you're not gonna I know it sounds horrible, but you're not going to matter to me tomorrow or the day before or the day after because I'm the one that has been through this journey. Do you know when you were, you were at the top of your game mm. and you had loads of people around you and then this happened, did you see people dwindle away? Yeah. It was hard. It was horrible because I thought the people who were my friends, the people who were my support system, my support network at that time, um, they showed their true colours and they weren't my support system. They were just along for the ride and they were just wanting to be a part of that lifestyle with me. They weren't there to actually, you know, lift me up. And, um, and uh, it, it, it makes you become very sheltered. Like now my circle is so small. I literally trust two, three people. One be myself. Yeah, absolutely. You're <laughs> like, your best friends. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I really do say that. You have to be your number one fan. Rule number one, never be number two. If you don't put yourself number one, you're always going to get left behind. Do you look at people differently now, though? Are you a lot, do you find it more harder to trust this time around? Yeah, even in my love life. I don't, I don't, I'm so sheltered. I'm so guarded with my energy. And I don't, I don't really date, to be honest. Like, last time I dated was August last year. And I cut it off because it was got too much for me. I just got, I, I get to a point where I'm like, I get scared to love. I feel like I'm a lot you know right now I feel like I need to I've got so much that I need to do for other other people first so, so what about myself. you then you know you don't talk a lot about what you need to do for other people and you have to be this role model and what about Sophie what do you do for you I don't even know because I feel like I tried to date and I tried to see other people and it got a lot I feel like I'm not ready for that or like, because I live such a hectic life, it's hard for me to find a partner that understands kind of my traumas as well. Are you scared to let someone in? I'm petrified. Like, I'm so petrified of that. I think I've got into my head where it's like, because I've got myself through this, I don't really need anyone. I, it's mm. better to not have, like I'd rather be valued than have attention. And I feel right now, like, I don't know who values me, so I'm just going to value me. And that's fine. Yeah. I think we're sold this fairy tale story from when we're babies. We're told to watch Disney films and the mm. prince comes along and he rescues yeah. us and we need rescue. And yeah. that's not the case. No. You don't need to some to be with someone to, that's, it's not normal. It's like, oh, aren't you married? It's like, no. Have you yeah. got kids? No. Well, you don't need to. If you yeah. want to, do it. If you don't, yeah. don't. But mm. just because you don't feel ready for a relationship, I think that's the best thing that you could do. Like I mm. tell, I tell my girls mm -hmm. um, all the time. I'm like, why do you need to fell it? In fact, I try and get them to fuck the fellas off because I'm like, I hate them. Everybody you say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, not for you. Yeah. <laughs> never. But yeah. I just think, you know, yeah, I think you're doing the right thing. I think you, you're healing still. So it's a journey. It's not like you just click your fingers and go, oh, I'm better. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 
all the journey of and when you're ready it'll happen i think sometimes i do question myself you know i think I'm just gonna be alone forever. I'm just gonna like reject people forever. Or I always find like I get so nervous, you know. Like I'm such a confident person when I know what I'm talking about and helping to uplift others. But when it comes to myself and my own kind of wants and needs, I get so kind of like I don't know. I don't want to put my burden on other people. Or Is that like what you feel like yeah. Like I don't want to put my burden of like my own demons or insecurities on a man. Yeah, does that make sense? Hmm. You do. After everything that you've been through as well, so f I mean, what a fucking journey you've been on. Mm. It's been ups and downs and pain and everything else. I think you're scared of getting hurt as well. Mm. Definitely. It's like one of those things where it's like that pain of struggle will never compare to like heartbreak. Heartbreak is such a different pain, you know. And when you struggle with even your own self-image. Like, I still struggle with it every day. It's normal, because how can you not? You know, some days some days you feel good about yourself, some days you feel not. Like, some days you don't feel up to it. So, for me, I don't want to put myself in a pool of competition with all these, like, other potential girls. I just feel so kind of, like, scared. And, like, sometimes I've met guys and I've gone on dates and things like that, and I just feel like sometimes I've been treated like a bit of a piece of me. And that just... I'm not ready for that. No, absolutely not. And maybe you'll never be ready for that. Yeah. But that's just and not that's who okay. you are. Yeah. yeah. And like, I can't, I, I'm so scared to date. I don't know why. I get so shy. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I mean, you're so confident like, in everything else. I know. And then when I'm with a boy, I'm like, oh. Do you know when it's when ready and it'll happen, it'll happen, you'll meet someone and it just clicks. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And just, I feel like I'll come to you and you go, so what are your intentions and what? what who are you? Yeah, I'll absolutely. Like, okay, so I'm at this point, like, who is he? Yeah. Who is he? Tell him if he messes with you. <laughs> like the big arma. But I think, yeah. yeah, I just think as well, while you're growing and you're focusing on yourself, if you took, did get into a relationship, you wouldn't be spending as much time on your career. That's it. And investing in yourself. So I wouldn't be worried about I'm that. I'm very career-driven, I feel. I think sometimes, especially with, like, men, it's hard to find a balance between having time. Men are scared of fucking powerful women. That's what it is. They're scared. I feel like they always try to tame me. But they're never going to tame me. Like, so it's fucking impossible. I know. I feel like <laughs> men always try to like tame me or they're always like, where are you going now? What are you doing? Where are you? What are you? And I'm like, I'm just trying to make a career for myself. You're <laughs> there and everywhere as well. You haven't got, right now isn't the right time for you to be in a relationship. Yeah, I don't if you want to so. pick yourself up and go here and go there and go yeah. there, not like having to answer to someone. That, I think that's it. I think that's what it is. Sometimes it gets lonely and I get a bit needy, but then I realise that's only temporary, you know? Yeah. If I, I, I can't rely on someone for just like a bit of a cuddle or whatever and then... I'll fucking get on Tinder, get one somewhere around, get a cuddle and fuck them up. I know, I'm scared. I'm like, I'm like... Uh. I'll be there, sat there, fully like, oh, I know, yeah. you? But you know what? After watching them things like the Tinder swindling and that, as a young girl, oh my God, I've been petrified. But I think this is why I'm so driven to make my own money, to have my own things. So then if I meet a man, he's going to be someone who inspires me, motivates me and brings things to the table that money can't buy. Yeah. That's absolutely. all I want. I want happiness and I want loyalty and that's 
that's it. I don't want your money. I don't want this lifestyle because I'll give that to myself. Absolutely. And do you know what the thing is as well? So if no one you give it to yourself, it can't be taken away. That's it. Because I see so many women and they get given things. And then when they split up, they take it all away anyway. Yeah. It's never yours. It's on yeah. loan. Yeah. So if you make it yourself, no one can take that away. Mm -hmm. And you're with them because you want to be with them, that's not because it. what you're getting out of them. Yeah, that's exactly but it. But strong women do scare men and women with money scare men as well. So... Absolutely. I feel like, don't worry, babe, I'll pay for it. Like, I, I just want to spoil someone and not be like, I was being like, they kind of make me feel like I demasculate them. Not, mm. not demasculate them, but it's like, because I want to pay for myself, I want to do this, I want to do that, and I'm not under the thumb. I can't be under the thumb. No, uh, I can't have someone not. tell me what to do. I cannot do that. And I think when I stand up for myself, because <laughs> I'll be really shy, and then if you, if you fuck me off, I'll be like, listen, Good. I'll tell you how it is. Yes. And then, I, and then I think they get a bit like, oh, God. Oh, shit. They will shit themselves and think, oh, God, I'm not upset in here. She'll fuck me. Yeah, basically. And I think that's where I'm just like, you know what, I'm better without all this stress. I'll just do it myself. You don't need it. Mm. What's next for yourself? What's, what's your biggest dream? Can I tell you a secret? Go on. I'm actually writing a book. <gasps> oh, amazing. Oh, that's Oh, I'm actually going to the meeting tomorrow. Yeah, I'm writing a book and I'm, it's about my life. And I hope that it, it helps to guide and hope it helps to, you know, really, it, it, I don't elevate people. That's all I want. Oh, that is amazing. And how are you finding it? You're enjoying it? Yeah, because I hate reading. So I want to write a book that I actually want to read yeah. and people want to read. Because I feel like a lot of people are like, oh my God, reading. Last time I read, I was in school. Do you know what I mean? I don't read. So I want to write a book that you, you can't get You can't, you can't get put down. Yeah. So I want, it, I want it to be things that help you through life. Little, little facts, little, little pick-me-ups, little, you know, um, little tips for how to get out of, you know, having an anxiety episode or a depression episode. I want this book to be... Like a, a life guide to really help you. How do you treat your depression and anxiety? Um, you know what? I, I've struggled over the years because at the start I didn't understand it. No. I thought, oh my God, what, why, why do I feel like this? Why can I not be in control of my own mind? Why can I not be in control of my body? Because at one point I was not eating, I was not doing anything, I'd be sat in my room all day, I wouldn't even go out to see the light of day. It, like, yeah. I totally understand because I suffer from depression and anxiety, so I doll off being there. Right. I still do now. Yeah. yeah. I feel like when you have it, it never goes. You never. only know how to understand those triggers. It's only how you learn to cope with learning. You know, and I think every time you have an episode, you learn more. So now, if I know I'm going into a depression or I'm burning myself out, yeah. I'll just say to everyone, look, I'm going through a bad phase, I'm going into a bad headspace, I need two days off. I'll take that two days off to cry, to scream, to do yoga, to relax, to watch binge TV, whatever I need to do, get it out of my system so it's out of my system. Because I feel like at one point I was running away from all those feelings and when I was running away from everything, it got worse. It got really bad because I wasn't facing what was hurting me. I wasn't facing what was you know, stopping me from living. Yeah. And when you do face those deep things, it's hard. It is scary because your mind plays tricks on you. Your mind thinks you're not good enough. Your mind makes you think you're not worthy. When really, you just need to relax and just remind yourself that you have time off. 
take a break, you know, chill out, have a brew, do what you need to do, cry, scream, come back, you're ready, ready to go again, recharge. Amazing. Is your family supportive? Really supportive. Yeah, I think because I'm the oldest, like the eldest of my siblings, and I've got a little brother and little sister. Oh. I feel like, I, like my sister's had psoriasis throughout her whole life, so she's oh. always struggled with her body image, and she's always struggled being, you know, someone that's had to look after their skin. So when I had my burn, it really was a big inspiration for me to be the big sister she looks up to that's like, that's my fucking big sister. Yes. Would you go back to dancing? I think I would, you know. I'd go back to performing. Um, I'm currently going back into music. I love wow. music. So I've always been an entertainer. And I, I think this time round, when I go back into the industry, I'm going to go back as me and I'm going to do it my way. So, yeah, of course, I'll never turn my back on that. Um, and if anything, now I perform with so much heart and soul because I want to be there. Would you ever do fire again? I'd... You know what, I won't fire breathe again, but I'd fire dance again. What would you say to girls out there who want to do fire breathing? I'd say learn your craft, perfect your craft, and always, always triple check, even double, triple check where you are, what you're doing before you perform, before you do your set, and make sure you feel safe. The most important thing is making sure you feel comfortable and safe. So to avoid any injuries, things like that, that's the first thing. And if you don't feel safe, always you're always entitled to say no. Absolutely. And it's okay to say no? Yeah, it is okay to say no. What's next for you? What's in the pipeline apart from your book, your TV show, going back into yeah. dance? Again, Al? Yeah, I think, every, I think speaking in seminars, doing yeah. a lot more talks, and just now being able to give back. So I do a lot more charity work. Um, like, I you know, want to educate and now that it's my time to give back to the people who helped me. So like Katie Piper Foundation, I work closely with Katie Piper. I've worked with Katie Piper yeah, on the show. Yeah, she's amazing, isn't she? Oh, gorgeous. Um, that's who, and like those are the people who I want to uplift with. Oh, amazing. Tell everyone so where they can find you on your socials. So my Instagram is sofirely, so it's S-O-P-H-I-R-E-L-E-E, -E, and I share all my content on there. I have a YouTube channel, which is exactly the same name. That's just like daft stuff though, but it's lifestyle stuff. Most of my information and my journey and where I'm going is on my Instagram platform, so see you there. Girls, if you need motivation, she is the girl to get out. I have felt like I've just spoke today for like two minutes and we just keep getting the half hour marks. It's been yeah. absolutely phenomenal to meet you. You are a shining, shining star and I can't wait to see what's next. Thank you so much so for having thank me. Thank you for coming. Thank mwah, you. Mwah, mwah. Mwah.